friends, my name is Jasmine Naomi and you are listening to the Solely Human Podcast. I'm a social worker that is currently working as a clinician for foster youth and I am loving every moment of it. On Solely Human, we talk a lot about social work stuff, mental health stuff, and kind of just what growing and healing may look like since we're all so different and have different experiences. So March, if you don't know, is Social Work Month. Woo! Woo! I would actually scream, scream, but I don't think that's safe to do for you guys. So I'm excited. I love being a social worker. I think that when people hear the term social work, or social worker, immediately they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because they think to child protective services, kind of where uh, social workers are known to have to remove kids from homes because of abuse or neglect. So I think, uh, well, at least a good amount of people that I've come in contact with, typically that's what they think of when they hear that you're a social worker. If you are one of those people, I am here to break that uh, stereotype. Social workers do a lot of different stuff. Um, We work with families when their babies are in the NICU. (laughs) I don't know why I said that like that. NICU, NICU, NICU. You know when you come across a word that you don't say often and then when you say it or you write it down, You're like, what the heck? That's a word? NICU. Anyway, uh, so we do medical social work. So we could work with the little babies or we might work with older adults, which would be like 65 and above. Um, We also work in foster care. Either there's foster care social workers where they're kind of working with the kiddos while they're in a foster home. There's adoption social workers where they're working with those kiddos to try and get adopted or tr- or work towards an adoptive home. Then there's mental health. So clinicians, those of us that are doing therapy, literally with any age or in any setting ever, pretty much. Uh, there's therapy provided in a lot of settings for all different ages and all different vulnerable populations. So that would be like a clinical setting therapy is considered to be a clinical position. There's social workers that do macro work, which is so crucial, kind of working on policies because in reality, when I'm working with my foster kids one-on-one, I am doing micro work because it's just me and them. I do some meso work because it's uh, sometimes group therapy or family therapy. So at that point, I'm working in like a group setting and that would be considered meso social work, but macro social work is kind of looking at communities and organizations. And so in reality, whatever happens at the top in the macro social work area of things, it kind of trickles down. So there are a lot of policies in place that affect how we do work with our foster youth. So it's it's a really important thing to do. Right now, I'm kind of like, Nah, just because I love doing work one-on-one and, and, and with families, but it's so important because it really affects 
how services are provided. I mean, that's just a short list, but social workers are everywhere. We're in schools, in colleges, in um, elementary, junior high, high school, pretty much any school setting. You could also find social workers in churches sometimes. And there's also forensic social workers, which is so freaking cool. I did forensic social work for like a year and I had the opportunity, which I have mentioned before, to work with all of my clients were justice involved, meaning they were in and out of jail or in and out of prison trying to just rebuild their lives for themselves and in their communities. So there's forensic social work. There's also in conjunction with forensic social work, because these are all like, you know, broad areas. And then you have specific roles that social workers can do. There's also uh, social workers that interview kids that have experienced uh, specific types of abuse. And in those interviews, because of how they do those interviews, it's very specific and you have to be trained. And uh, those are also social workers. So I'm not saying that every single person that does these things is a social worker. I'm just saying that social workers can do literally all of these things. And then we do have social workers that work in child protective services that do kind of investigating calls that have been made reporting something or like when an investigation has been confirmed, then the social worker, you know, will have to remove the kid from that circumstance and work with the family on reunifying them. So those social workers do exist too. And it is a big part of social work, but as are all the other parts of social work. What I'll say I love most about being a social worker is that we are taught to look at all parts of the person in front of us. We are taught to take in consideration their physical health, their environment, how their environment impacts their mental health. We are taught to uh, consider their family dynamics, their family of origin. And if there isn't a lot of family in their life, who are their supports? Who are their support systems in their life? And we're also taught to consider what does this person want? What are they working towards? How can I support them? Sometimes, and I still have to catch myself on this and it's a learning, growing process. But sometimes when we're working with the people in front of us, it can be easy for our minds to kind of formulate what we perceive to be the best answer, quote unquote, or the best outcome. You know, if someone tells me, uh, that they need help with one thing and they're working towards this one thing. And I'm looking at their life like, uh, actually, it would probably be a lot better for you and a lot more beneficial if you focused on this other thing. And so there, that's me kind of projecting a little bit and kind of just subconsciously deciding that my experiences or what I think about this person could be more important than what this person wants for themselves, which it's not. 
with the exception of like safety concerns, because we always prioritize safety, uh, with the exception of safety concerns, you know, if a client comes to you and they're talking with you and you're learning all about them and all about their life and you're talking with them about what it is they want to work towards, that should be a priority. So that continues to be an ongoing, like humbling experience. And I think that the times I have noticed that and kind of been able to be like, all right, Jasmine, just back it up a little bit. Uh, it really gives an opportunity to see this person push and work and thrive in what it is they want for themselves. And that's where I think a lot of growth and healing happens for someone because then you are supporting them in kind of taking control of their life, whatever that might look like at that time. Being taught to think about all these things to better help another person, help themselves, is my favorite part of social work, hands down. That being said, amongst all the things I love about being able to say that I'm a social worker and being able to work with other social workers, uh, there's also stuff about it that freaking sucks. Like, I don't think uh, there is a profession or area. Yeah, just profession. I don't think there's a profession in the world that is purely amazing, purely good. I think everything is kind of perspective and how we look at things and how we uh, perceive and therefore understand things and then uh, deliver. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, yeah, I could sit here for like three minutes trying to think of the word I'm thinking of. But point is, you get my point. You get my point, guys. Basically, everything is perspective and how we think about things. So uh, there's a lot that drives me crazy. Uh, number one being the paperwork. So the field of social services in general, not just social work, the field of social services, when you're working with humans, there's always a lot of paperwork. Anything you do, typically you have to write it down. And if you didn't write it down, it did not happen. So a little bit of pressure there, very easy to get behind happens to me uh, too often. And that also is a learning, growing experience. But that's just, that's, I would say, one of the biggest frustrating things about it is that you would rather spend all this time with the people that you're working with. But unfortunately, you also have to document. So typically, like when I've been in job interviews, I'll ask them, what is the ratio between uh, working with clients and paperwork. And they'll tell me like, oh, 60 to 40 or 50 and 50, or I don't know, you know, 30 and 70, but it sucks. However, the more frustrating part, I think of social work and, and I shouldn't say social work, the frustrating part about being a social worker and working with other people is that a lot of our systems are broken. And like I said, as far as macro social work, everything kind of trickles down. When you're working with vulnerable populations, for example, my foster youth, there is a lot of things that need to happen in a specific way uh, per my kids being dependents of the court. So I get frustrated sometimes because, and I'm sure this is something a lot of 
people can relate to. I wish I could do more. I really wish I could do more. I wish we could do more. And I think that we're working on doing more, but there's just a lot of systems in place that make it sometimes difficult to do those things. One example would be previously when I was doing forensics and I was working with adults, I had a caseload anywhere between I had 40 for a little while. I had 50 for a little while. At one point I had like 65. Uh, and these are cases. Okay. These are humans that are coming to me for mental health services and case management. So sometimes if you ever hear a social worker talk about, uh, their caseload, or if you hear them say something like, you know, they're working for the county, county positions in the world of social work are kind of known to really work you to the bone and really burn you out because it's county level services, meaning the county is servicing the most vulnerable of vulnerable populations. And in trying to get all of these people the services that they need, you're splitting these people up among social workers, caseworkers, but the caseloads are so ridiculously high that at one point I really felt like I was half-assing things sometimes. That's just the reality of it. Not because I wanted to, but because in order for me to properly do everything in one week's time for this amount of people, I just didn't feel like I could give the quality level of work that I wanted to because I was so spread thin. Realistically, there was not enough time in the day. And in kind of learning my work boundaries at that point, I was working hours outside of the workday, after, beforehand, up at five sometimes, there in the office till eight sometimes. And then it was kind of like I had to reevaluate for my own mental health, like work-life balance. This is not healthy. At this point, uh, how am I supposed to show up for these people if I'm not even showing up for myself? So that just really bothered me because I was so happy that all these clients were like linked to our clinic and getting all these services, but it's also like something needed to change because to really be servicing such large amounts of people, all, all of them with extremely high needs, there was just no way. So I had spoken with my supervisor and, you know, uh, unfortunately with, with, a lot of people that I talk to in the field of social services, it's kind of a theme where there isn't enough of us and there's always going to be people that need help and there's always going to be people that need support. So what I have found to help me when the existential crisis kicks in is to uh, focus on the things I can control and remind myself that I am doing the best that I can with the people in front of me. It helps sometimes and sometimes it really doesn't, but you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I would just like to shout out my uh, fellow social workers or just, you know, social services in general, professionals, caseworkers, other clinicians, whatever it may be. Uh, shout out to you guys. What you do is important. Even when you feel like you are not doing enough and you cannot do enough, you are making a difference and you're appreciated and please attend to whatever it is you need mentally, 
emotionally, physically, and spiritually because being burnt out doesn't help you, doesn't help your client, and it's not fair. You deserve to give yourself the same amount of love and respect and patience and compassion the same way you would to your clients. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Solely Human podcast. My name is Jasmine Naomi and I'm your host. Uh, It's definitely been two to three weeks. I'm over here trying to get a grasp on things going on and I'm happy to be back. That being said, uh, episodes are going to be released on Fridays. So tune in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Episodes do release weekly and I'm really happy to have you guys all here. Original music was done by Nathan Salau and editing was done by Kevin Spire. I hope you guys have a great week and don't forget to practice empathy, not just with others, but with yourself.